0: okay <laughs> okay hello people um we're here to do a, a recap of usd fight night number who the hell knows but it was josh emmett versus kelvin cater so
1: how are you man i'm doing good uh that was one of the most insane cards i've ever watched and i only got to catch the back half of it live so even on rewatch, it was still one of the better cards I've ever watched. Which normally cards don't hold up the day after, or at least not as much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I was like uh, two hours late to this
0: one, and and it took me like ten minutes to catch up because <laughs> like f- fights were over like super quick. But it was fun. It was fun, It was good night of fights, and and it wasn't only like super crazy finishes. Like the fights were solid too so yeah and every fight that went
1: to decision was like pretty good
0: yeah and we're pretty happy about this one could have been a lot worse um we're going to talk about this from the bottom of the guard to the top to keep you guys waiting and yeah we'll give some thoughts about it and and what we think uh, the UFC should do with these guys so wanna start with the first one
1: yeah, uh, Roman DeLidze beat Kyle Dacus via being fucking huge.
0: Yeah, DeLidze, like, the classic skill weight of being a light like, heavyweight fighting at, yeah. at 185. <laughs> but yeah, he he caught him with, like, a like a weird, like, two-hook combo out of the break. And then Dacus, like, never recovered.
1: Yeah, in the finishing shot. So, yeah, shot. And,
0: uh, not a lot of information. And then he caught it with a big knee in the clinch did he have like colored ties or something i think he did right
1: yeah i think he like framed off i i, I it was like oh, the first time yeah, i watched right. the card yeah he like framed off then just like did a really high round knee and it didn't even look like dog has got put out it just hurt him bad and then he got pushed to the floor and finished
0: yeah it was it was super fast not we didn't get much information about this one and this looked like a good fight on paper because both are very well-rounded uh, I was hoping to see them grapple. We didn't get to see that. But but yeah, I mean, Dolica should... I think it's fair to say Dolica should get a shot at the top 15 right now.
1: Yeah, they, they've both been kind of hovering around the just outside ranked period for a bit. And yeah. honestly, middleweight's kind of light enough around that area to where these guys could easily be like top nine, either one. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's very dependent on the fights
0: you get, if you're yeah. ranked or not. It's not like the top 15 is really solid like like Chabesian is still ranked right now and Chris Weidman is also ranked right now so
1: yeah and Uriah Hall who's like beatable but could just death touch anyone in in the top 10 (laughs) he's still hanging around so like I I could see these guys against really anyone and and they'd be fine I think DeLidze uh should fight like Derek Brunson it's a it's a big rankings jump but Brunson's on the like the downslope so well, brosan is not retired
0: right like he's going to fight one last time i think
1: yeah he was saying he, he was he was gonna retire uh win or lose after his next two fights uh before the cannoneer fight but then when he lost i think he backtracked on that so he might be around for the next like five years no okay that would be cool i mean that sounds like a good fight actually
0: even it's like kind of crazy like unranked versus yeah. number four but i'm okay with it actually if not, I mean, Dolitsa could fight like Darren Till or Shabazian. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: oh, Sh- it's Shabazian, whatever, you know that—that'd be a rough one for Shabazian, I think.
0: Yeah, Shabazian has has been getting it rough. I mean, he's getting better, and he he actually split from from Edmond Taberdian, so he might he might get good now. Who who knows? Hopefully. So moving on to the next fight. Oh, it was middleweight again. This was Phil Haws. He should kick the shit out of Deron Win. <laughs> it was. It was very good performance, though.
1: Yeah, Phil Haws is but, like a a relatively small middleweight, but he was still so much larger than Deron Win and faster, and and has better shot selection and mechanics. I mean, yeah, Deron Win. Uh, has some
0: stuff that he does well. Like, he he has some good... He has good combinations in the pocket, the, but he has, like, zero ways to enter the pocket, so you have no reason to stay there. Like, you just poke from the outside. And, and Fijoles actually, like, neutralized all the pocket stuff from their own wing by just elbowing him in the face. <laughs> so yeah. it was rough. It was rough. He was kicking his ass, like, three minutes in, And this got,
1: like, until very late in the second round. Yeah, it was, like, almost uncomfortable to watch. I kind of don't think that the corner should have let Ron win out for the second round after how badly he got shit kicked. And the ref could have stopped it on the feet at any point. He was
0: super rocked. Yeah, he was super rocked walking back to his corner. Uh, Like, he was clearly not there. He he fought a a a better second round. And I think if he fought like that since the beginning... It could have gone better for him but it was too late you know like like he started pressuring and and going to the body and doing cool stuff but he was super hurt already and couldn't keep up with the damage that hoss was putting on him and win is super tough like incredible shin but you can eat those kind of shots from an athlete like hoss all night and he was doing that like hoss was connecting
1: with like 80% of his shots yeah, it, the, they showed the strike accuracy after, like, three minutes of the first round, and it was, it was like, 83% accuracy for power shots. And Philhouse was only throwing power shots, and occasionally he'd do two-punch combinations where everything landed. Like, it it, it seemed like kind of a winnable matchup, despite how, sh- like, shit-stomped Wynn got. It's just, he's not uh, smart enough to win the matchup, even though he has the physical tools to do it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have pressure early,
0: like, Hoss was uncomfortable at times when Wynn was pressuring, but Win was already, like, tired and concussed when he decided to pressure, so it was too late, as I said, like, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I never wish someone to, like, be out of a job, but it's hard to justify having Win in the UFC
1: anymore, like, how many fights has he lost? already several and he had like a an insane banger with eric spicely yeah so that like,
0: that fight ruled that fight <laughs> was
1: fantastic but if you're having a fantastic fight with eric spicely there's probably an issue with you against elite competitions
0: yeah, it's, it's
1: probably not going to go great <laughs> from that point on yeah in like phil haws really just kind of has mid defense but it's enough defense to make deron wins offense look kind of inert Oh actually,
0: win is only on a one fight losing streak, so I don't think he's getting caught because he's this is boy, and you know how that yeah how that is and, and, so and yeah' he's, he's is tough. probably getting to stay, yeah, I mean win is in fun fights, I just hope he fights smarter from here on because he's taking so much damage from everyone mm-hmm. um Hoss, is... host you also like should be getting near the top fifteen. I mean, he's been doing super good. He got killed by by Curtis, but other than that, he's been doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, and getting fucked up by Curtis is like, that's the most experienced guy they've brought in from outside the UFC in a while. Or at least at that weight, it's definitely the most experienced guy they've brought into the UFC. Like he was probably the um, most experienced middleweight that wasn't the UFC at the time. Like like yeah. skill wise. Like he's he's very good and experienced. Yeah, he's he's good and he's also athletic, so yeah.
0: and some of some of Phil's uh, previous wins has have aged pretty good. Like for example the Malcoon and the Imabov wins, they look pretty good now. So so yeah, I mean I mean Hoss is not very big as you said, but he's very athletic. He has a decent well put together game i think he's training at stanford mma mm-hmm. with with what's his name uh Hooft. the other middleweight no uh brendan allen oh so, yeah, yeah so yeah that's cool i think he should get at the, a shot at the at the rankings too the problem is that a lot of fighters low in the rankings are not active
1: yeah, there's so, like from 8 to 15 there's just a lot of stagnation. So people that want to get into middleweights ranked kind of have to fight way up if they want to get there. Cuz like there's not yeah. much movement in like the 11 to 15 range. Yeah,
0: if Strickland loses to to Pereira, I think they they probably get him an, an unranked fighter mm-hmm. in his next fight. Or Pereira if he loses that probably holes through as well so that might be a a a new gate to enter the top 15 that's it's not that it's very solid in talent but it's very hard to get there just because the fighters are not active enough and everyone wants to fight up so so fighters aren't willing to to fight an unranked guy and justly so i mean the the system is kind of fucked in that sense
1: So moving to the next fight, I guess. yeah, uh, we got Cody Staman knocking out Eddie Wineland. big surprise there. Who would have seen that coming? Uh, it's rough this one this fight would have been so
0: good if Wineland wasn't shot like five years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, if, if this fight could be made uh, in a time machine, it would have been a banger definitely but at this point it's yeah, incredibly I, one-sided. Wyland very solid defending wrestling,
0: but he decided to make Stamen like he can punch.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, the, it was rough to watch. I mean, good on Stamen for kind of recognizing the matchup for what it was and just going up and killing him because he's old.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good for Stamen. He's very athletic. Uh, on he's... This is a... a he was in a rough streak. I mean, it was against very good fighters. I mean, he he lost to Rivera, Mirav, and and Saïd, and the Saïd one was kind of a meme, so that was rough. Yeah. So he was very,
1: very happy to get back. Now, now that I think about it, Cody Stamen's kind of just Tisha Torres. Yeah, like when Tisha was in that awful like losing streak yeah and she
0: was still very good like. yeah
1: like competitive fights with elite fighters and then you give her one person that's worse than her and she outclasses them like that was what happened when uh she fought that that person with contender series that was like 411 it
0: was yeah. like wow tisha
1: gets to outfight against one shorter than her for once that's insane so like stamen just got to fight someone that couldn't handle his power which almost never comes up at bantamweight yeah but stamen I mean,
0: button weight's great, so you can make whatever fight. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, Stamen putting putting his act together now uh, should give us more fights. He looked pretty good. I mean, I mean, as good as you can get, like just watching an old guy that has no shin.
1: Yeah, he but, he now shares the same best one with Sean O'Malley, so maybe have them fight.
0: I'm up for that one. I mean, O'Malley O'Malley says that now he wants uh, a ranked fighter. Oh, but he's
1: fighting Munoz. So. He's fighting Munoz. So, like, after he gets yeah. executed by Munoz, uh, <laughs> we give him Cody statement. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
0: But, yeah, I mean, and then we don't have to speculate because he retired. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, very good fighter. Uh, I'm going to miss him. I mean, n- not going to miss him fighting like this, but I'm going to miss... What he gave us in the past.
1: Yeah, like the I think the first fight of his I saw was his fight against uh Grigory Popov, and that was sick. Or I had seen other fights oh, yeah, of that, him, but that was like the first one I remembered. You know. Yeah that that fight was sick. Yeah. Um.
0: I remember. I think. Oh, the fight with Brad Pickett, and then that was very long time ago, but that was very good fight. Yeah. And then he was he was beating. He was winning against Barrao before getting meme, So, and he was a uh, WEC champion too. So, so he had a good career. The The end got rough. But his style depends so much on, like, reflexes and being tough. And then he lost a step. And, and yeah, you know how that goes.
1: Yeah, he he definitely, like, his, he didn't have a style that was going to age well ever anyways. But yeah. it especially got hit hard by him just not willing to quit. Like, he could have retired five losses ago, and and his legacy would kind of be a lot better of a place. Uh, but I understand him wanting to keep going, at, at least up until his recent three losses. Like, he got to cut at this point if you're getting knocked out in the first round three times consecutively.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was rough. And the, the matchmaking didn't do him any favors. Like, Oh,
1: God, no. He had a canceled fight against Marlon Vera in
0: 2020.
1: Oh, man. Just like... Oh. Like, he could have and possibly... Like,
0: yeah, he was, he was coming off a loss for, uh, against Castaneda that was, like, a complete unknown. And then they gave him Stayman because they thought, like, okay, Stayman is also
1: losing, so whatever. <laughs> it was bad matchmaking. Yeah, so Eddie Wineland, a legend. You're definitely going to miss him, but uh, only going to watch his fights from, like, six years ago and prior. Yeah, probably. for sure. <laughs> And uh, the next one was
0: the the first decision of the night, right? Yeah. yeah. It was Maria Oliveira versus Gloria De Paula. Uh, pretty action-packed uh, three-rounder at strawweight. That's pretty good fight. Um, Oliveira, like, she was, like, bouncing a lot and and she was taunting a lot. A lot of... A lot of posing, and Polo was trying to pressure. She was the more, the more fundamentally sound fighter, and she was starting to put some stuff together. But Oliveira surprisingly didn't tire and was like still like active and athletic going late into the third round. It was a very close fight, but it was fun. It was, it was uh, high in volume, and, and both girls can hit, so it was not like some of those fights when. When you don't feel like fighters can't hurt each other, Uh, these girls are athletic and powerful, so it was interesting.
1: Yeah, Oliveira was, you know, going to the flying knee a little bit too much, just doing, like, a jump knee into the body, but, uh, like, aside from some weird tactical lapses and judgment from Oliveira, her shot selection looked alright, and and she was, like, you're, like, finding good opportunities throughout, you know, what did you think about the decision? Um, don't
0: really agree. I think uh De Paula was more was having like cleaner connections. I think the judges were impressed by Oliveira doing the beat or the beat or bell for like one two spam mm-hmm. and she was not really hitting the Paula much. Um but I I'm not really mad about the decision. I mean the third round was close, the first round I think can go to Oliveira. The only like super like clear round was for De Paula, I think it was the second, but I can see one and three going to Oliveira, so I'm not really mad, even though I disagree. What yeah. do you think about it? Uh,
1: I thought it was fair. It kind of just seems like Oliveira's style is more judge-friendly because she yeah. throws so much that, like, you don't even have to land that much to to get the judges to think you're landing a ton. If you just throw a bunch at someone's guard or like finish. Exchanges by throwing a combination where you land like one strike, even if you lose an exchange, the judges are just going to see, oh, you landed the last strike in the exchange, so you must have won it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, and we talk about that more later, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the main event. Uh,
0: but yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, but other than that, I mean, I hope they keep the the Paula on the roster because she looks like a solid fighter, uh, and Oliveira. I mean, these girls are not close to. To in ranking opposition right now but but they should be fun moving forwards i hope they they get some good fights but yeah it's encouraging for for strawweight that keeps being by far the best division in women's mma
1: so what's yeah, next we got ricardo Hamos knocking out another dude with a spinning back elbow but at least this time it was on the front foot like a badass yeah
0: yeah, it was maybe the first uh, spinning back elbow on the lead in the in UFC history. It was crazy.
1: It was crazy shit. Yeah, he uh, he like threw something away and then slipped and did the it, like mechanically. It was similar to the way that John Jones used to go for elbows, where you kind of like lunge forward and then kind of slip really hard to one side and then el- kind of spinning elbow over the top. But it was like pretty clean mechanically even though he fell over after landing it uh but then he regained positioning and finished him off with uh, a couple punches where most of it didn't land but it just kind of like sealed the deal because he was out on his feet about to fall over yeah chavez was like unconscious healed by the cage
0: it was so yeah.
1: badass It's it, it kind of the way that people fall in like fight night champion if you knock them out like you just spark them out and they, yeah. they freeze in midair and then fall over it was crazy, and Hamas was throwing a lot of spinning
0: stuff, uh, trying to cut off the cage, like he's actually like very good mechanics spinning, and then yeah as you said like he fainted like, like someone, something that looked like an overhand right, so made Chavez like circle to his left and then came up with the spinning back elbow, it was crazy. And uh, Hamas very solid, the fight with the Kuba that he had not long ago, that was a solid ass fight. Yeah, um, Hamos, and he landed a six-spinning
1: elbow counter in that fight, too.
0: Oh, yeah, that that's crazy. <laughs> that's a very good fight. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... I mean, Chavez... Uh, if they keep him, like he can probably put some good fights together. I mean, he's decent, not, not a big fan, but he's all right. Um, Hamos, still kind of far from the rankings, but but there are some good fights to make at once 45 i mean what 45 is very solid and very deep um do you have any ideas for future fights for hamos uh
1: i i could see him getting to a fight with like andre feely pretty quickly cuz you know if he knocks one person out with spinning elbow that gets you a lot of leeway for for next fight prospects yeah for sure so that you, that fight that fight would rule that, that yeah. would be amazing and realistically like he's pretty far from the rankings if we're Doing a pure meritocracy for who gets ranked, but it, you know he could get to a fight with Alex Caceres if he wins like one more fight. Oh, that was that would also be crazy. Yep. Uh, he could also fight like Choi.
0: <laughs> that that should be mm. fun too. That'd be good. Um, Uh I mean they they don't like doing the, like coming off a loss versus coming off a win, but but that would be a good fight hey, anyway. But I mean, one forty five good, so it's harder to get into the.
1: Top fifteen for good reasons. Yeah, liking in middleweight. Yeah, I I don't think Hamos is gonna have that much to offer the top of the division unless he just kind of has a bit of a physical transformation in the next couple of years as he fills out into featherweight. Because at this point he's definitely a featherweight, but I I would just imagine him getting like severely outsized by even someone in the middle of the top ten at featherweight. Yeah, that's that's the thing that uh, bantamweight and
0: featherweight. In the ufc are the guys are so big like yeah it makes no sense like like Cub swanson is not a, a bantamweight mm. you know yeah, it's, it's it's not possible but he's so tiny next to everyone at 145
1: because the guys are so fucking huge yeah if Cub swanson was like coming it's... up now he might fight at like 125. <laughs> the guys are
0: so fucking big so, we keep, we keep the, the first round, knockouts coming, it was Jeremiah Wells against Kurt McGee. He just, like, a long left hook after the
1: 1-2, and just killed him, like, insane power. What do you th- thought about this one? Uh, it was about what I was expecting when I heard that this matchup was going to happen. Because Corbin Guy has been looking progressively worse and worse. Like, he, he's been chugging along, like, handling himself. But he's just, like, he's been around forever. And and his style is just very, like, old, crafty guy that likes to wrestle box and, and will just win on grit. And if you give a guy like that uh, someone athletic that hits hard once he's started to slip, like, we're going to start seeing him get knocked out. And I, if I remember correctly, he got dropped bad by Carlos Condit. And Carlos Condit didn't even like look that good in that fight. It was just like... Yeah, and Condit doesn't look very powerful nowadays. Like no. He doesn't hurt people very often. No, and it, like his last two wins were like pretty light touches based on what you would expect uh, them to be giving a guy at his age because normally they would try and send him someone that's going to knock him out like I, I would have expected him to fight, you know, like Michelle Pereira by now, but <laughs> yeah. but instead they the clo- give Wells. Yeah, the the Claudio Silva
0: was like good matchmaking, but then mm-hmm. he he made the mistake of winning two fights in a row, so of course they threw him like at a prospect.
1: Yeah, um, an old prospect too. Germ- Jeremiah
0: Wells is like thirty five. Oh yeah, he's one of those old guys that haven't been fighting for too long. Uh, the thing with Wells is that he's built like a fucking tank. He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking huge. Uh, he's not very tall, but but you know like
1: he's yeah, very yeah. He's he's not tall for the division, but because he's not tall, he has so much extra heft to his upper body. <laughs> so this like, looks insane. Yeah, his arms are super long. His shoulders are huge and like, if he just lands at the end of a left hook or a, a right hook on someone that's kind of running away from him, he's going to kill them. Yeah, it, it was like, like, it looks like
0: a slapping left hook, but it connected like it was, like, a super compact one. Yeah. It made no sense. And one one cool detail that I talk about on Twitter is was that uh, Mikey saw the 1-2 coming, and he was actually circling out. Yeah. And Wells, like, saw that and pivoted on the spot and kill him anyway. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, like Cormac was, cool. was like, doing correct things to evade it, but then Wells having really long arms and, and like, a smart read on positioning just just kind of killed him in, like, the first yeah, real so... exchange of the fight.
0: So, yeah, I'm okay with Wells fighting, like, anyone at this point. <laughs> like, welterweight is, like, a wasteland right now. So... One or two wins, and I'm okay with anyone fighting for, uh, for a ranking position like it's whatever I mean it's 170
1: what do you think Any anyone in mind um, they could give Jeremiah Wells uh, like really I- I'm trying to think of like a, a style archetype that I want to see him against like I guess give him a wrestle boxer again that's just less old yeah that, that would be
0: fine like seeing him I mean and he's very confident on, on his grappling, so yeah. that should be cool to
1: see. And I anytime I see a guy with like his frame, I just assume he's good at defending takedowns. Yeah, it looks like he sprawls the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he seems like he has strong hips, even though I, I don't have that um, much proof behind it off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, he, he reminds me a little bit of like Jeff Neal. Yeah. Like in the Just with like, like, like
1: reverse torso and lower body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, but I don't know. I mean, Li Jing Liang, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, yeah. That should be good. Oh, yeah, that'd be a banger. Yeah, let, let, let him bang. I, I'm all for it. Yeah.
1: And uh, Natalia so Selva beat the... Jasmine Jasudovicius. Oh, yeah. I don't think I, I watch a lot of this one, actually. Uh, well,. Really, all you need to know about it is that the third round's kind of funny, and Jesus, uh recognizes that if she just continues sprinting at Silva, she'll be able to get to her. So there was parts where she like sprinted at her, and then they collide against the fence. But overall, it was it was just kind of like like it wasn't a bad fight at all, but compared to the rest of the card, it seemed really tepid. So it didn't leave much of an impression on me, even though objectively it was a decent fight.
0: What's uh, Jesu vicious ranked
1: going on into this fight, right? I think maybe right at the end of the rankings for 125. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it seems like not. I'm not sure. Also, I'm, I'm not sure if this is just the way typology is structured, but it looks like everyone on the left side uh, who was a favorite won. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone, unless they just put winners on the left... I don't know. Is that how they do that?
0: No, for because for the next one, Janus um, was the favorite and he won, so so I'm not sure how, what's the logic here. Yeah,
1: for most of the card, it was just the favorites winning because there was several mismatches on the card. Yeah, and this one,
0: um, Jasmine was the favorite though because Silva oh, was yeah, coming yeah. off a lose and Jesu
1: Davises was coming off a big win. Although I will say that was kind of bullshit because I think the, the odds should have been reversed. Like maybe the actual betting odds don't line up with everyone being the favorite winning, but I think for most of the card, the the people who should have been the favorite one, yeah. with the exception of like the main event, and even then you could yeah, argue I mean, those a robbery.
0: I mean, late like your last fight determines so much of the betting yeah. odds sometimes that people don't even look into the matchups. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean both both girls are solid, so. Just keep fighting. I mean not a huge impression but good for for Silva because she looks solid. Um, I mean she looked like she could defend takedowns for once on this one.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and she's she's very athletic. She she hits she hits with authority, which is like not super common around like ten spots up or down in the division for her. Yeah. I mean what what twenty five starting to get some some girls with
0: pop and that's interesting. So especially because like Valentina don't like those.
1: No, no, and, and Valentina's so... shown more holes every fight we see. She, uh, one yeah. day she'll lose. I, I'm sure of it. We just gotta keep yeah. telling ourselves oh. that. <laughs>
0: Eventually, yeah. someone will put it together. Eventually. It's it sucks that Valentina like put on the best fight ever against uh, Andrade because Andrade is so cool and then Valentina decided to be cool for one night only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Valentina
1: probably she, could have. Valentina was great.
0: That. If, if Valentina was that every every night, she would be fine.
1: Yeah, if Valentina Tripchenko showed more than 10% of her skill set even when pushed and like she needs to go past that then she would be a lot more interesting. But in her last fight, she should have done, like... If she fought at, like, 40% intensity, she would have won by an outclassing. Yeah. But instead, she's like, nah, I gotta keep this low fucking... Like, low output uh, decision-making in play. I, I can't like, do
0: more. Also, like, for the first three rounds, like... It, it it was, like, it was impossible for her to not fall into the clinch. Mm-hmm. And then in the fourth round, she's like, pivoting it off and avoiding the clinch. And it was like, bitch, you can do that. Yeah, good <laughs> you, you at any do point. That. And you weren't doing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like, I've seen her easily out-wrestle people that are, are much better wrestlers than her in theory, but then she just like takes herself down. <laughs> <laughs> it was so like, I think she was
0: still the, the better fighter of the two in the last fight, but she was fighting so stupid.
1: Yeah, the thing where, like, the person who, who won kind of doesn't deserve it spiritually, even if the, the person may have done yeah. what's necessary in like a, <laughs> from, like, a math perspective. Like, if you're looking at the fight, okay, I guess, you know, Valentina did more damage percentage-wise or something, or, or did something to win. Yeah,
0: like, Valentina did more damage, but she also went for the head and arm throw on the fifth round.
1: Yeah, so. just making bad decisions that, that should get punished, but not really getting punished enough.
0: So talking about good fights, we're moving great fights or great beatings. To be yeah. honest, genius uh, fought Tony Kelly, who said that Brazilians were dirty, and he also like <laughs> brags about like driving six hours to about to avoid getting into a plane because
1: he doesn't like wearing a face mask. Yeah, uh, Kelly kind of got a hit put out on himself by Gilbert Burns. Did you see that on Twitter? Gilbert's like, "Hey, I'll cash app yeah. you, you for for fucking this guy up." And Janice did earn his Gilbert Burns money on this one. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, Tony Kelly missed weight and then flicked off the camera right before, as he was getting announced, and then Yanez knocked him out and then flicked him out, flicked him off while he was on the floor. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, Yanez has really like nice shot selection and sequencing. Whenever he's trying to put some away, someone away, or he's like found a read around your high guard. Like for Kelly, the first read that he made against Kelly was if he just throws a loopy, really long right hook, then it'll kind of pierce the guard and slap him on the nose, almost like knocking on someone's door. He just do that to his nose over and over, and it start fucking up Kelly's nose and getting him direct to, to everything else yeah. more. And that opened up, uh, you know, as just being able to body shot him a bunch. I remember, like, as the fight was on, I told the people in the fight side voice chat, uh, I think this fight is Masvidal versus Cerrone. Cause... It looked, uh, yeah, it, it was like, Go if ahead. that, if, if like, Masvidal didn't kick so much, but the, the kick counters were, like, yeah. on point. Like, exact, uh, compared to that fight. Because he was, like, catching the kick and then countering with the same side. Like, he would parry yeah, away, kick his left cool. hand, end of the left hook.
0: Benavides was also very good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, His prime. It's, it's a very good, good technique. Looks risky, but a big reward, because fighters do not expect to be countered from that side, especially with the same hand that they were parried. Yeah. Uh, another thing is that Kelly was like, when he was rocked, completely unable to cover his ears, and Janus was just happy to just land like long hooks to the ear and fuck him up. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly was doing some good stuff with the kicks, but but he was too scared of the power, like, you know. like He felt the body shots a few times, and he got on his bike super hard. Yeah. The- and, and he wasn't willing to box at all with Janius. Like, he didn't want to see hands.
1: Yeah, and the fact they've both fought... Um, who, who was it? I'm pulling up Costa. Football. Yeah, they both fought Randy Costa, and even though... Yanez, I think, is the like by far the best fighter out of the three of them. Yanez had a hard fight against the worst fighter out of that, just because Costa has specific things that can kind of make him give Yanez trouble for a round. But in hindsight, there was literally zero way that he was ever going to beat Yanez. While I mean, you could kind of he could have landed like a head kick or something, but it was like a gamble. And even that, he did land a bunch of shots that just kind of weren't powerful enough to hurt Yanez yeah just he was, he was relying a lot on being super fast and
0: that took away some of the power I mean if he was thrown with more intent maybe Yanez would have seen the shots coming mm-hmm. who knows yeah no like oh, I, I but think Kelly... no go
1: ahead I think it's weird that like outside of the top 15 at bantamweight there's just been like three guys that had uh, fights with each other and then Ynez took it over, and now he's still not even ranked. I don't think. Yeah, Yunes, deserves to be ranked for sure. And we shit on
0: Kelly a lot because he sucks like as a person, but he's a solid fighter. Yeah, he's very good, and Yunes like keeps winning against like very good unranked fighters. It's it's
1: time, man. It's time to get give him a ranked fighter. Yeah, I want to see. I mean it'd be kind of weird because it wouldn't be a, a top 15 matchup but I could see Inez against Cody Stamen to get him a, a ranked fight but at this point he just finished a guy in the first round on the main card so they're probably going to give Yanez, uh like someone within 15 to 12. Yeah, I mean,
0: Cell doesn't have a fight, right? I mean,
1: that'll so.
0: suck because I I like half Asuncel, but but he needs a fight and I want Janius to get his his deserved ranking. Um, other than that the thing is that bantamweight uh the top 15 is actually like very active <laughs> almost everyone has a fight mm-hmm. um, i think jack shore is fighting um ricky simon right i believe so uh, that fight slaps by the way <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool um, um, so yeah i mean i think asun sao is the only one that doesn't have a fight lined up
1: uh, yeah. if he has to die for Janes, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to take and then if we want to factor in people that are booked but you know Yanez can just wait and fight them uh, of course the Munoz uh, O'Malley loser definitely yeah, you I, could see Yanez against but I, I'm super cool with that one too right yeah and uh, I, I don't actually Yanez and O'Malley might train together I'm not sure if they fight but either way like just stylistically like I'd like to see Yanez against someone that's no, pretty dynamic. No, Janice wants Janice wants to fight O'Malley. Oh, okay. I call him out after the fight. Okay. Fuck yeah. So. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of the, the Kyler Phillips, is the one that's friends with O'Malley. Yeah,
0: Kyler. Kyler yeah. trains with with Chan. Yeah.
1: Oh, another person I'd um, like to see against
0: Inez. Oh yeah, that would be good too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Kelly, he could fight um, this guy that. Oh, what's his name? I, I used to like him a lot, and then. The guy that that lost against Cruz um, and Song Yadong. Um, I
1: thought it was supposed to be Pedro Casey, Munoz.
0: Casey Kenny. I think that should be oh, a good. Fight. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let let's make Kenny versus versus Kelly. Yeah, I think <laughs> It would be confusing with the names, but yeah, and I, it would be a good fight.
1: I think Kenny would also probably fuck him up, but yeah, that's that's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. We need to get Kelly to <laughs> to like equalize his rankings because he's kind of overranked off beating Costa or not like because he's not ranked but he's he's ranked in probably yeah. the top 25 which he shouldn't be
0: yeah I mean he's a good fighter but let's let's get him out of there <laughs> yeah so what happened next in the card
1: uh was it Gregory Rodriguez
0: I believe he put on a beating on Julian Marquez
1: yeah it was it was like, one of the worst beatings. It, it it could have... It lasted twice as long as it should have. Because it, it was...
0: And it wasn't long.
1: No, no. It was like a three-minute fight that could have been stopped in a minute. Because you could just see there was nothing that uh, that Marquez had to to like offer back at a certain point. Because Rodriguez looked the best his boxing's ever looked, for one. Like, his, his range looked insane. He was pulling out of the way like a fucking pro boxer. He was countering with like short little apricots. He was pivoting and and doing like shifting backstepping apricots. Yeah. yeah, he's he's very stiff, but oh yeah, he
0: he does he does cool stuff. Like, uh, uh, he was fucking him up. Like every counter was landing with, and he hits hard. He's a big middleweight.
1: Yeah,
0: and and yeah, I think Mar- the the way for Marcus to win this fight was always like losing early because. Because he's not very good anywhere, to be honest. But he's athletic and he's tough. And he keeps to a game plan. And he's, yeah, and he he also is kind of smart. Like he can make adjustments. But but he was outgunned for the for the moment. The the bell rang. So so yeah, I mean it was Rodriguez like having success early and just like never let the the foot off the gas. He was bombing him left and right, he also wrestled wrestled him in between, like, just to style on him, the
1: poor guy. Yeah, the the card was kind of just a story of, like, how to track someone down after you've hurt them coming up a lot, and then the duration of the fight was only dependent on the ref, because most of the fights that got finished in the first round were done in the first minute, and then like, two of them, the ref just didn't stop in time. And one of them, the ref let, let it go to the second round. for some reason yeah uh oh and yeah (laughs) during robocop versus uh marquez my mom shouted out oh damn this guy's fucking surrounded by cops tonight because the ref's also a former cop
0: (laughs) poor guy man in copland
1: yeah, you just got to deal with fucking two cops. One just watching him beat the shit out of him. The other one just fucking, <laughs> just fucking uppercutting his head off.
0: What a nightmare, man. <laughs> what a terrible day at the office. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, we say this about almost every fight. But, yeah, I mean, I want Rodriguez to, to get a shot at the top 15. I know he just lost a fight before this, but it was super close fight, I don't... I think I think he actually lost, to be honest, but, but it was a close and a good fight, so I, I don't hold that very much against him. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I think Brad Tavares already has a fight, but that should be a good one. Uh, does Imabov have a fight?
1: Is he still... Uh, are they still trying to get Imabov? him to fight Gastelon?
0: Imabov was... Yeah, that was the thing for a moment, right?
1: Yeah, they were trying to do that. I'm not sure how that is panning out. It might still be scheduled. Either way, like, me, mean, I want to see Gregory against a counter puncher. Is, oh, give him Christoph Jatko. Even Jatko, yeah. Yeah, give him Christoph Jatko. Someone that he, he can, like, ha- compete with. Jatko has, been,
0: Jatko has been looking decent lately.
1: Yeah. Um, What was Jatko last fight? Oh, he his last fight I didn't actually watch, even though I called it. Oh, oh he fought. Uh, GM three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I didn't watch that fight, but I called what was gonna happen. I said I think it's gonna be a split decision win for, for a, uh, Yatko because it, it's a a counter puncher that will clinch you versus a finisher that isn't powerful.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, J- Jotko, like, kind of beat his shit up. <laughs> that
1: makes sense. It yeah, was, like, if a, way, if he's going to beat way anyone too, up, that's the matchup.
0: Yeah, he was way too fast for for me, yeah. Like, Jotko is an underrated athlete. I Definitely. think that's one thing that people forget,
1: yeah. Good reactions, too. Uh,
0: yeah, not the not the biggest puncher, but he's fast, and he can scramble. So, it would be interesting because he's well-rounded, and and Gregory also very well-rounded. A cool fight. Like, just let them scrap. I'm okay with that. Uh, Marquez? I mean, I think it, if Win is going to still be in the UFC, like, give him Marquez. I
1: don't know. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah we can't be bothered to, like, try and match make for some losers. We're going to talk about winners here.
0: <laughs> I'm talking about winners. The next one, I think both guys are winners, even though one yeah. guy lost. <laughs> but it was a banger. It was Damiris Magulov versus Kutatelatze at, at 155. What do, you, what do you think about
1: this one? Uh, I think it was probably the highest skill matchup on the card, aside from cater Emmett, uh, Or maybe like, sure, yeah. maybe like Kevin Holland-Tim Means. But uh, it, was, it, it was very aggressive. Like, it kind of didn't stand out as much for me as it would have on a normal fight night, just because it wasn't a finish and and i have yeah. a poor attention span but i'm really excited to see uh like what sriram is putting out for it cuz sriram's uh <laughs> let's plug uh other fights that guy sriram's making an article on it and and i'm sure that's going to be great so yeah, it's anything, going
0: to be so good
1: yeah anything we don't cover on the fight uh keep posted for his article cuz it's going to be a banger
0: yeah, um, Shuram and me talked before the fight uh, about how it, it was going to be like the the dynamism of Kudlats and his ability to fight everywhere against like the the measured but very aggressive style of Damir behind the jab, and it played kind of exactly like that. It was a, a banger. I mean, Guram never lets off. I mean, he was getting jabs so hard, and Damir was putting good combinations using good footwork. But he also has an answer. He's so fast, countering with kicks, even when he's getting hit, and that was makes uh, the fights always super in very interesting because he's high pace, and both guys so good at wrestling and defending grappling that it was like very tense all the time, especially when they went to wrestling. Like Damir, like timed some very nice takedowns, and Graham ended up on top somehow. It was crazy, but at the end of the at the end of the day, I think it was Damir like. The jab was starting to mount off and then realized that he he didn't have to like box off the back foot and started like pressuring behind his jab and that was what won't hit the fight eventually
1: in my opinion what do you think uh i i think i I don't really have much else to add uh from like a a tactical standpoint but I just think it's it's always interesting whenever uh, two guys like this that could easily be ranked in the 15 to 8 range if the matchups played out in their favor or like their career momentum just worked out differently it's always interesting seeing them fight completely unranked and then go to a decision in like one of the more highly contested skill matchups in the uh, in the entire fight card because like are you confident that either of these guys is less skilled than Josh Emmett I wouldn't say so. I think they're probably as skilled or more, maybe.
0: Yeah, probably more skilled, like Emmett has more
1: physical tools. Yeah. Even
0: though these guys are, are not unathletic oh, yeah. by any means. Yeah, but, they're both
1: definitely like but, top-tier athletes, but yeah, not necessarily sure. like the type of athlete that's going to get them success quickly. Or, or get, you, It's almost like a privilege to just be super athletic to where you can knock someone out with an instant shot because you, you, one, don't have to be as good – and two, you you'll get ranked easier because you just got to knock out, like, yeah. two people. And then they're like, oh, this person's a fucking knockout artist. Like, Josh Emmett was yeah, ranked, sure. like, five when he he knocked someone out uh, at one point, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He knocked out, like, Llamas, you... and they're like, yeah, this guy's top five.
0: <laughs> you just bump someone, and yeah, you're, you're, you're ranked. Here's your number. Yeah, yeah sometimes sometimes you don't even need to fight someone ranked like they just make space for you yeah. when you have a huge again. it's so unfair <laughs> but yeah i mean lightweight um uh, for damir i mean damir is the one that clearly deserves fighting into the top 15 uh, even though i think both guys do but obviously like Ram will have to wait until until he wins but i mean yeah that's like does uh, Diego Ferreira or Brad Riddell or Dan Hooker, any of those three, have a fight?
1: Uh, Dan Hooker and Riddell are scheduled. Dan Hooker's fighting Clay Guida, and Riddell is fighting Jalen Turner, I believe. Oh, Riddell versus Turner is so good. Yeah. So good. Um, this is completely off-topic and probably not good for the podcast, but I have to say I want Brad Riddell versus, uh, fuck, I think the guy's nickname is T-Rex, uh, he, he fought Drew Dober in his last fight. Oh, um... McKinney? Yeah, I want that because it's Dennis. just... It's just like the first round will be so stupid. And, and Riddell <laughs> yeah. might get knocked out or he'll easily win the second round. And if he's going to finish anyone, he's going to finish a guy that, like, breaks himself. And will kind of just finish himself in his own pace. It's just the... Uh, it's just the... Uh
0: the Drew Dover fight again. Yeah. And I want to see that again. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, Uh, But I could see any of those people you listed fighting Ismogulov in his next fight. Because Ismogulov kind of, he like takes a while between fights anyways. So those guys being booked doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be fighting them next.
0: Yeah, Hooker's probably going to kill Guida, so... Doubter. I mean... Yeah, I mean, Hooker might be shot, so... He's going to get that. We fucking... might, might be able to win that one. I've got a spicy pick a...
1: for that fight when it comes up.
0: And with that, Somehow not shot. like In like his looking, prime? Looking pretty good. Eh? Yeah, he's fucking prime. I mean, his boxing has never looked better than in his last fight, so... And his cardio is as good as ever. <laughs> fucking Madman. The wild man himself. Um... Fehera versus Smagulov would be super good, but also, like, it's kind of mean to give Fehera like, another super hard, hard matchup coming off a loose.
1: Yeah, that people haven't even heard we- of.
0: Yeah, it it would be, like, burying him with the matchmaking, but I wouldn't be surprised if the UFC wants that. I mean, the, the UFC just hates some guys. <laughs> and sometimes they like you and then <laughs> they start hating you, so who knows.
1: Yeah. And and for Guram, I could see him fighting, like, Drew Dover next. I think that probably if could... they,
0: Oh, yeah. If if with Guram they want to keep the, like, the most stupid, like, matchmaking going on, just give him the loser of... Oh, no, he already fought Gamrod. If, if Sarukian loses to Gamrot, that and that's what I'm expecting, by the way, mm-hmm. um, just make, like, Guram versus Sarukian, and just make all those guys fight each other. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm cool with that. It would
0: be It would be a very good fight, but it was it, it would be so mean to both of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, but that, but that's, that's also a ranked fight. just just not give Tony Ferguson to any of these guys, please.:
1: Yeah, or give him to all of them, just have him fight at a more frequent schedule <laughs> so we can just like get it over with.:
0: Tony Ferguson still ranked number eight for fuck's sake there's what are they doing what are they doing for real
1: yeah lightweight's due to have some movement from like the 4 to 17 range in the next couple years just with people aging out and like finally fighting people that they're supposed to fight so yeah, I, I could see these guys if... doing well in the next couple of years
0: yeah chandra probably going to to fall off a cliff soon too <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Chandler, Tony Ferguson, and Dos Anjos as much, as much as that makes me sad. And um, I mean, Connor is dead. So yeah. just like take him off the rankings too. And uh, Hooker don't, probably doesn't have much left on the tank. Ferreira. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options for movement at one fi- uh, 155. I cannot speak. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the price of a wonderful accent. <laughs> but yeah, I'm mean, lightweight looking, interesting. I mean, it has looked so stagnant for so long, and now we have like they're finally allowing these new fighters to prove they can, they can fight up. So good. Uh, moving on to a non-good division, <laughs> we have. Uh, Joaquin Buckley, like just athletic the <laughs> shit out of Albert Durayev.
1: One of the you... one of the best athletic mismatch shit kickings I've seen in a while because it was just so disrespectful at the end of the second round, but he just decides to knock him down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is... He just he just sat him down too, like <laughs> the the, the sit down knockdowns are so disrespectful. Yeah,
1: and it, it, didn't he like taunt him a little bit before and then just walk up, sit him down, and then go back to his corner? <laughs>
0: and at, at one moment, Durayev had like, that like like wrapping up your legs <laughs> mount against the cage that that Habib used to do. Yeah. And Buckley got a leg out, grabbed an underhook, and just stand up like a fucking beast.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good fight. It was kind of like two welterweights fighting at middleweight. Uh, so, in that context, it's normally just the bigger welterweight is going to win.
0: <laughs> it was crazy. I mean... Uh, Buckley wasn't looking very good early. He was, like, super convinced that he was going to win via head kick. So mm-hmm. he was throwing only head kicks. But then he was started fighting for real. And he looked good. Like, he started bringing the hooks to the body. He was starting hitting the Rayo on the counter. Uh, and the Rayo, like, started, like, going for very shitty takedowns. And Buckley, for his... For, to give credit for him, um, he, uh, their defensive wrestling was looking pretty solid. I mean, it was backed up by him being a, a tank, but but he still looks solid like he was sprawling super hard and the few the few times that he got t- taken down, he was up to his feet so good for him.
1: Yeah, uh, and and Buckley has traditionally like really really bad shot selection and it's weird because it's very informed by the matchup like he doesn't he's not just a one-size-fits-all tactician he, he'll he just fucking throw the wrong things at, at any matchup a lot of the time and then occasionally find a really good counter seemingly like almost out of luck and, and yeah. it'll fucking destroy someone <laughs> he hits so hard and um, and yeah I mean
0: and also buckley once again got caught with the same head kick that everyone hits him with the same one that Dishiriko killed him with yeah like drive just didn't kick hard enough to kill him but yeah but it was a solid head kick buckley needs to fix that and it's been like three years and yeah. he hasn't fixed that yet so so a, li- a bit worrying uh buckley has the best knockout of all time so he's probably getting ranked out of nowhere at any at any moment now um, they're, they're probably waiting for someone bad to be ranked to be active to give him that I think the UFC wants uh, Buckley to be ranked very bad
1: yeah I could see them giving Buckley uh, like Uriah Hall in his next fight they might be like oh well they both do stupid kicks so just throw them at each other yeah, if
0: Hall loses, especially if Lo- if Hall loses to Mooney's, that mm-hmm. is that that's his next fight. Which, I think yeah. they probably do I, that one.
1: Yeah, and I think he, he um, probably loses to him. So, I can yeah. see that matchup I mean, happening yeah, I mean, pretty
0: easy. I mean, Hull has has solid uh, submission defense, Definitely. but but Mooney's so dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of just the um, way that Shoeface like got on top of him at points just makes me think that it would only take one. And Hall kind of looked bad his last fight. I think.
0: Yeah, and he's only getting older, so yeah. makes sense. So yeah, I mean, if, if Hall loses that, just make Buckley versus Hall, and Buckley's like his replacement as a black guy that kicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're moving on to the co-main event, and it was Kevin Holland submitting Tim Mins. What do you think about this one?
1: Uh, I thought it was very impressive by Kevin Holland, but not that surprising because Tim Means has looked better than... He's looked as good as ever, kind of. He's just old now at probably the peak of his skill set. So his chin just kind of can't take anything from a guy like Kevin Holland that hits really fucking hard and had a size advantage. And Holland really just put the foot on the gas pedal in the second round and then knocked him down and subbed him so like it wasn't of course it's very impressive by Kevin Holland like beating Tim Means is not easy to do but I I was very whelmed by the fight because it was just kind of what I expected to happen.
0: Yeah I mean Means was exploiting some of um, uh, Holland's tendencies. Mm -hmm. He was he was hitting him super hard in the counter but like Holland has a fucking shin,
1: you know yeah he it, it uh, kind of showed me that Holland's chin and power does carry over to 170 well yeah which was something i was worried sure. about
0: um Holland when he's not kicking at long distance he's kind of kind of weird <laughs> he can jab and put a one a good one two together but he seems lost at times he was very confused because team means was of of comparable reach and was caught uh, catching him with the long shots But then he adapted and he started like crashing into the the pocket and into the clinch and he he looks super strong there um Holland is very solid in the pocket surprisingly despite being a super long guy he's actually better boxing in the pocket because he knows how to cover behind his shoulders well and at long distance he just like keeps his jeans super high and gets gets hit and he also like on the clinch he's very strong i mean he's crafty he looks for knees very quickly um, and yeah I mean
1: yeah i I don't remember who it was that Kevin Holland fought that showed people that he is kind of like an elite athlete for the sport uh, hold on, let me look at his topology really quick. Um, Jackery, maybe uh for for me it was it was like the where is it he It was the first guy that he just walked up and killed in a minute. I think it was Anthony Hernandez. Because, yeah, Anthony oh, Hernandez. Yeah. That yeah, one—that he, he was he like the real wake-up call for me. That he was a crazy. And
0: Hernandez is Hernandez is super tough, and Holland just killed him. It was a knee to the body. Yeah. It was good. It he
1: was very good. He went and killed the jujitsu guy. He killed the the owner of jujitsu. <laughs> Anthony Hernandez, <laughs> the jiu-jitsu CEO. Yeah, the CEO of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> the, the fucking the like he went up and just knocked him out. And you know, if you ask Robin Black, maybe you could say he knocked him out with jujitsu. Who knows? I mean, Kevin Holland, when
0: when you were kneeing Fluffy Hernandez to the body, was that Gracie Jiu-Jitsu?
1: <laughs> yeah. That was Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. and unironically, him knocking out Jacare was like Gracie combatives jujitsu for self-defense. <laughs> so,
0: oh, uh, I want I want to just say that. Even though I've been hating on Joe Rogan nonstop for the last, like, five years, my one of my only few moments that I like from Joe Rogan in this streak is when he started screaming, From there! From there! <laughs> when Kevin Holland <laughs> killed Jack Ray from bottom position. Because yeah. it's like, it's like true, bro. Like, he killed him from there? What the fuck?
1: Yeah, Kevin Holland's one of the weirdest fighters in the sports history despite kind of just seeming like uh, like a kind of affable nice guy because he you know he got into the sport being like I'm gonna learn combat sports or learn how to fight so I can rob drug dealers and smoke weed which is based <laughs> as hell it's fantastic. and now he he fight he fought crime like the night before the fight. Uh, again yeah again <laughs> he chased down someone that like stole perfume. Which, you know, like... I
0: did, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, he, he just, just keeps like doing He's been, four shit.
0: times in two months.
1: <laughs> he, he's, like, stopped a, a fucking uh, an active shooter. He, he's, he's, he's just Batman at this point. And then when he fights, uh, he's beaten one of the greatest jiu-jitsu fighters in MMA history from knocking him out while on bottom. And he also knocked out uh, the owner of jiu-jitsu. So... But he fights. A, he got wrestled by Tim Means a little bit during this fight. Kind of just like. But a, he he very used strange... the lengthy
0: to to get back to his feet like super oh, easy de- so definitely. definitely,
1: which is good to see. Like he's he's able to kind of use yeah. the size advantage he appreciates at the division.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Going moving forwards for Holland, I would like to see the magnified. But I think Magni already has a fight. Um. But yeah, I mean, just throw the lanky boys together and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, but actually, Holland was calling for Tom Brady, and I don't like that fight for him. I think uh, Holland thinks that he can scramble with Brady, and he can't. <laughs> Brady, like, super clearly outwrestled Chiesa. I'm not sure Holland can replicate that. I think Holland would probably trouble him on the feet, but I think... Uh, Brady just
1: sits on top of him, just like Bronson did. Yeah, I would have to see Kevin Holland actually handle someone that can wrestle him. Uh, and the on thing the with feet. Brady is that
0: he can wrestle, but he's also like solid grappler. Like Bronson can hold you on top position, but he doesn't offer much, So that's why uh, Holland like got up to his feet a lot on that fight. But against Vitori, that was that is like an actual solid top top player. Like Holland didn't have shit. Like. And, and Brady, obviously not as big as as either Bronson or Vettori, but he's like a better wrestler and a better a grappler than yeah. both, I would say at this point. So I think like he just sits on top of Holland, but it would be interesting because if Holland can win that, that would mean that his ceiling is a lot higher than I think.
1: Yeah, I, could, I can see, like, routes to victory for Holland. Like, just kind of yeah. stalling on the ground with his length. Because, you know, he Holland is good at jiu-jitsu. He's just kind of submittable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he he's just, like, he has that dynamic style that puts him at, in trouble at some times. But also, like, saves his ass very often.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because we, we've we seen, like, Holland scramble with, with very good grapplers. Yeah, or I mean, just, like,
1: backflip out of being arm triangled by Derek Brunson. <laughs>
0: I mean we saw we saw Holland like scrambling on the ground no problem with with GM three, you know, mm-hmm. even though I don't think he won that fight. But he was out of danger for the I mean he, he, he did not get submitted by a, by a very dangerous submission yeah. artist. and and the only guy that submitted was Allen and Allen is very solid on the floor too. And also he's bigger than Kevin Holland, like like Allen would never make one seventy.
1: Yeah, and, and the darkest one was after holland knocked himself out with the headbutt We're, yeah so it do, that one doesn't really was, count
0: yeah decas was like handling his ass before that though but it was very short so hard to to make any conclusions
1: yeah and holland yeah, I mean, looked I'm off okay with, in that fight i think
0: yeah yeah that's that's good um i think yeah uh, magni or or bravey i'm okay with those fights those those are good
1: yeah brady's um, like shaky enough on the feet and really stiff to where i could see yeah. holland knocking him out yeah
0: i thought brady was good on the feet and then remembered that he was he got knocked down by by jake matthews be, before jake matthews was got himself on earth
1: yeah uh, and he got hurt um, by a knee from michael Chiesa. By,
0: yeah Chiesa was like boxing his shit and like brother what why is that happening yeah <laughs> So, finally, moving on to the main event. Um, what happened in the main event, man?
1: Uh, Calvin Cater outboxed Josh Emmett, and Josh Emmett landed good body shots and came forward more. Pretty much.
0: It was a very good fight, though.
1: Yeah, it was uh, a lot closer than I expected it would be. It seemed like Cater was just very off-put by the power difference. And uh, because of that, he didn't really throw anything back when he was mov- when he was getting pushed like in yeah, other was, fights Cater yeah. will like he'll sit down on some counters if you really start pushing him like he did with Stevens with the elbow or with Burgo's <clears throat> with the uppercut exactly
0: yeah the thing is that Cater like yeah he was just when every time Emmett was blitzing Cater was very concerned about covering up and he was like not throwing counters a lot, at all um he would throw counters when Emmet was throwing single shots, but anytime Emmett Emmet put a combination together, Kadar was not willing to counter, and I thought that was a window of opportunity for him. Um, Definitely. Other than that, I think he looked very solid at long distance, the jab looked very, very good on this fight. But Emmet did some cool adjustments, he started going to the body more, Um, he hurt Kadar at one point with a leaping left hook to the body that looked nasty. Mm-hmm. And Emmett, uh, Emmett is limited in the things that he can do, but he's smart about applying them. So it was a good fight by both fighters. I think Cater won, but not really all that mad about the decision. What do you think about the decision? Yeah,
1: I, I think if I was really pressed to score it, I'd probably score it for Cater. But watching live, I expected Emmett to get the decision. Kind of just because yeah. I, I trust the corners to kind of feel for what the the judges are going to do way more than I trust myself to score a fight correctly because i can see emmett's corner saying you've got this in the bag you just gotta like make through this round in the fifth or going into the fifth while well, cater's corner was like we don't know so yeah the fact I've that they that were that unsure so many <laughs> yeah like they knew what was up they were like okay emmett's the power puncher in the the fight and he's been getting some blitzes off and like finishing exchanges more while, you know, kader just been kind of winning minute-to-minute minute with jab offense. So that's not flashy enough to consistently get the judges to give you a scorecard, especially over five. Yep, exactly. Um, I think, he, as you
0: said, it's like, Emmett has the more, the more judge-friendly style. Like, he was moving Kader a lot with the power shots, even though he was landing on shoulders and forearms a lot of the time. But, like, you never know if the judge just, like are scoring that or not and then Kader was landing super hard jabs and Emmett wasn't selling that but you can tell by his face that he was getting hit super hard Um, Kader should have kicked more I think he was having success with the with the the snap kick to the body but I think he was scared of the takedown I don't know why because every time uh, Emmett tried to wrestle Kader showed us that he has like the heaviest hips in the world
1: yeah, I remember the uh, the commentary was saying uh, they think that he wasn't kicking because of the wrestling threat and then Brennan Fitzgerald said something I thought was kind of fair and it was just like he just doesn't want to get hit on one leg by a big power puncher, which I think is more, oh, more it. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably right. Uh, he just yeah, a I mean, Kader, overall.
0: Kader, can, Kader can kick, but yeah, he he doesn't have the best setups to it. Um... But yeah, I mean, Kader got in su- into, some longer com- into some longer exchanges later in the fight and he was having success there. Uh, but the combination of punching was looking f- good for Kader. I-, I think he should have uh, thrown more. Mm-hmm. He was very wary of the counters coming back from Emmet, but Emmet is not a very crafty counter puncher. I think uh, Emmet does a lot of his best work on the lead. I think Kader should have took more chances, uh, pressuring harder. He was pressuring good behind the jab, but longer combination.
1: You, you get what I mean? Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, it, it seemed like a matchup that Emmett could have been completely shut out of, but instead Cater left too much room, which Cater does a lot in his in his time in 5 round fights. Like, Max Holloway just filled all that space with volume. Dan Ige was allowed back into the fight because Cater gave him so much room to work. Uh, you, you look at the the Chikadze fight he really just didn't give Giga any time to work which saved him the fight and and kind of let him over, over like just crowd a guy that isn't used to someone that's going to go forward as much and it isn't used to people just putting volume on him like it was just kind of a level test fight where Giga wasn't ready for the level I think and then this one, Emmett is just very consistent and is at a good gym so they're going to tell him dude, you're doing enough to win. Don't push it too hard because you kind of have to overextend yourself to get hurt by Cater because he's not proactive enough about trying to set up finishes.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think um, you bring up a good point is that even though Giga and Emmet are like polar opposites, like super lanky kicker versus like bowling ball puncher, but actually I think the Cater should have taken the same approach. Yeah. Just don't give me room to breathe. I mean, the guy's going to hit hard, going forwards or backwards, so you might as well be the one that is dictating yeah. what's happening. But he allowed uh, you know, Emmet to dictate a lot of the fight with the big belitzes. and Emmet did good, good stuff. It's not that it's not that Emmet didn't fight a good fight. He he fought a very good fight, but I think Cater uh, could have made the fight look a lot more like round four mm-hmm. than than that he looked in the rest of the fight i think gator finished the fight very strong because he started figuring out some stuff and then when the when his corner hyped him up he actually went for more volume and he immediately he has success with it but a little bit too late for the for the judges that already had the big impressions of emet big blitzes yeah
1: it was a, a strangely narrow fight to to score or like even just adjustment wise if cater threw a side kick to the knee at any point in the fight uh, that could have dramatically changed his outcome because he just had nothing to disincentivize emmett from coming forward and on the other hand if emmett did one more blitz around and ended the combination with a body shot or decided to throw a leg kick at the end of his blitzes that would have won him the fight so clearly so both guys had like very small adjustments they could have made that I don't really know why they didn't. So it was kind of a puzzling performance by Cater, because Cater knew he was like behind optics wise. Yeah,
0: for sure. I think he the the fourth round was was good in the sense that he won the round and he fought well, but I think he needed more damage in that one. He really he really needed to take over and try to hurt Emmett. And I don't think he took enough chances. I mean, it's fair to think he was in his head to think he was winning because if the scorecards were right, he probably was. Yeah. But you cannot, you cannot count on that one. You know, the judges don't know how to score fights. And in case of doubt, just try to big win. You know, like just try to to get the finish or at least try to get a a ten eight to to get things uh, like swinging in your favor. You know
1: yeah and and I mean, cardio wise, cater doesn't really have a reason to not go hard in the matchup because he's definitely the cardio athlete out of the two. Emmett's cardio looked good in the fight, but I feel like it was insulated by him landing a bunch of power shots to cater's body throughout. Because Cater didn't get slowed down much by Max's offense to the body, but Max is a lot craftier of a body hitter, but a lot less powerful of a body hitter than Emmett. So Emmett was landed, like, full power shots at the end of the exchange that would pierce through Cater's abs and, like, fuck him up, while Max had to really time it to get him to the body.
0: Yeah, I I think um, Emmett is, like, a burst athlete, and Mm. if you give him, like, time to rest in between his bursts, he's going to be fine. Like the the cardio seems to be there, but I don't think he can sustain like a constant pace for all the twenty five minutes. And Cater just didn't push for that. Yeah. And once he started pushing for that, uh, we I think we saw him at like like falter a, a bit under the pressure. But too late, man. Too yeah. late. I mean, I think I think Cater won, but but you know how it goes with these judges.
1: Yeah, he he may have won, but like. He didn't deserve to win. I don't think, even though he he probably should have won. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean the corner the corner should have uh, started pushing harder since round three. I think too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think they were too relaxed going into the third, and then they they were urgent going into the fourth, and not urgent enough because we saw after the pep talk in the f- between four and five that that's when Keira really came up to to fight hard I think they should have done way earlier if they wanted to win the fight Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean Emmett uh, I think we both agree it's okay to give him the title shot
1: yeah why not
0: I mean if especially if Volk wins like we need to see more fights fighting Volkanov because Volkanov is the best yeah and I want I want him to see fight anyone like
1: yeah, I, I think Emmett versus Max or Volk is really interesting just because we get to see Volk versus someone at a similar size to him again, and we would get to see Max fight someone that's a lot different physically than Volk, but kind of similar framed. Yeah.
0: Similar framed, but also, like, different style.
1: Yeah, completely different. Like a a power puncher with a lot less depth versus... Bulk, who's more of a volume guy, even though he does hit hard, he's just not the same hitter Emmett is. And if anyone in the sport could knock out Max Holloway, it might be Josh Emmett.
0: Yeah, especially because, like, Holloway's shin can't can't last forever, you
1: know? No. Although, it does strike me as a matchup where if Max kind of gets some things figured out in the first, like, minute of the fight, he might just flawless victory him and finish him in, like, the third. Yeah, it seems like I mean, a a designed matchup to make Max look really good if he doesn't yeah. get buzzed.
0: If Max like, if Max gets into like the flow of of Gator in the fourth round, he he snowballs from there, mm-hmm. and you you don't come back from from the Max Holloway snowball unless you are like Volkanovski or Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. I don't think Emmett has the depth to solve that puzzle. No. So, Emmett leaves, like, the the success is, like, super rarely to win against Max, or he's getting drowned. Um, And I think it's pretty much the same against Volkanovski, even though the tools that Volk uses are very different. It would look a lot different. But he's also a guy that... The approach is different, but they end up doing the same thing. They figure it out, and they just, like, build on the offense brilliantly. That's why they're both are some of the best fighters of all time. But, yeah, I mean... I just want to see Max and Bulk fight more, more guys. I mean, I'm okay. And, and Emmett, I mean, you can argue that he didn't win any of the last three fights, but he did, so so fair to him, like give him the title shot. Uh, what would you do with Cater?
1: I'd say maybe give him the, the winner or loser of Ortega versus Yair
0: the loser sounds good actually yeah
1: even if they could honestly still give him the winner as well cause whoever wins that would still need another fight before they could get a title shot
0: yeah I mean the, the champions will be busy and they're probably going to give Emmett I don't know I mean if Jair wins um he might leapfrog Emmett like the UFC just wants Jair to be champion so bad
1: yeah uh also for that fight worth noting that either one could get a title shot not even because they deserve it just because they whoever wins that is definitely going to win by finish I would assume so if yeah. you finish someone at the top level they're just like oh well fucking here's a title shot dude exactly yeah
0: so but yeah I think that's that's good match making moving forwards. I mean who else is there at 145 like at the very top
1: there's a few people like I could see Cater fighting Korean zombie. They can both rebound off of the loss. Uh I think that's no, awful that for Zombie.
0: Yeah, Cater like eats
1: him up. Yeah.
0: Um Allen versus Cater. That would be neat. That that would be a good fight, yeah.
1: Yeah, that'd probably be smart to make. Uh we could see or if the
0: UFC is, like, really feeling the Bryce Mitchell bullshit, they probably try to make Mitchell versus Kader. And I think Kader fucks him up, to be honest. Oh, I
1: agree. Like, th-
0: those hips look too heavy for being taken down by zero setups like Mitchell. I mean, it's not like Mitchell has zero setups. He's, he's competent on the feet, but it's a levels thing on the striking. Yeah. And I don't think he gets him down.
1: Yeah, I think that would be poison for Mitchell, but I would like to see it. There's a, there's yeah, a few matches. Yeah, I'd like to see it, yeah, for sure. It's, it's weird, because Kader is very clearly one of the better guys at the top five, so there's a few mismatches he could have, or he could be a part of, if they gave him someone ranked 15 to 5. So, like, you know, if you give him Sadiq Yusuf, I think he fucking nukes Sadiq Yusuf. Yeah, for sure. There's a, There's a few people like that, but... If you wanted to get him something a bit more competitive that also might be informative, I'd say yeah, Alan's the best best play.
0: Yeah, that that would be a cool fight actually. I like it, um, because either either uh, either Alan or Kira both kill Korean zombies, or so... mm-hmm. I mean, I would watch, but it it wouldn't give us more more new information, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm I'm sure both guys beat Korean zombie pretty easily. Yeah, he's
1: just too old at this point and like his chin's getting worse and he's, yeah, he's I mean, just so slow like his reactions are awful now
0: yeah he has the sharp counters early but but against like a guy with a very good jab or a guy that kicks on the outside like Alan like I don't see how he gets it done like he doesn't have the tools anymore especially Yeah. so that's all the fights and they were very good actually
1: yeah We we got. uh, There is more time in this podcast than there was in total fight time for the card. I think.
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: Pretty close because it was like several minute finishes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But it was good. It was good, and and yeah, it was good matchmaking. To be honest, I mean the the UFC gets a lot of shit because they put on a lot of nobody's fighting. This card wasn't the case, but also like the few fights with unknowns were pretty well matched up, so I'm not mad about it. Like we need new talent to get some some screen time. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can be like a famous fighter. Uh, Some cards do suck a lot. Like I'm not defending the UFC here. I'm just saying this one was okay and it delivered, so I'm happy about it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a banger with almost exclusively finishes, and then every fight that wasn't a finish was at least very good.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So, any any final thoughts?
1: Uh, no, but you know we gotta plug the the Discord. Uh, anyone that wants For to sure. spend five dollars on the Patreon, you can get in the Discord and you can talk to us because we're pretty active. Uh, I'm in there pretty much every day typing and then for most cards I'm in the voice chat and same goes for several people in the Fightside Podcast network and then there's a bunch of people you don't even know that are really cool and fun to talk to and know a lot about fighting that you can just join the voice chat and talk to at any given moment so it's like one of the best resources for gaining combat sports knowledge and a lot of people don't even know it exists like the Fightside Discord is insane and we're all super chill like it's You
0: just have a good time there. You're getting smarter, and you're making friends. Like, it's a win-win situation.
1: Yeah, no disadvantage. And it's only $2 extra, and uh, there's a ton of content in the, the Discord that doesn't even get put on the Patreon.
0: So, go for it.